episode 154 of Divided by Werewolves, the last August show. Still going to be probably hot forever, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was, there was like last, last weekend I got out Saturday morning and uh, I was going to cut the grass and it was like, I'm not going to say it was cool, mm-hmm. but for August here, Mm-hmm. I was like, I can get used to this. Yeah. Uh, but that didn't last. So. Yeah. I saw something today about the Farmer's Almanac's predictions, and I was like, the Farmer's Almanac predict weather? I just thought there was like a book you bought at like Cracker Barrel, and it had like, yeah, you ever no. wanted to know like how much rain did they get in 1845? You'd be like, oh, look, a lot, or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't think they actually did anything like where they predicted stuff, but good for them. Yeah. But, um, and I keep reading all these articles about, like, well, I know the hurricane season's been pretty, you know, quiet so far, but it's going to get crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> can we not? Like, yeah. I mean, it already is. Not, like, I mean, down here, I understand why. It's like, you know, every time a fucking butterfly farts in the Gulf of Mexico, they got to make sure that they're tracking it. And I totally understand why. But it's mm-hmm. like, sometimes some of this, a lot of times this stuff ends up kind of being nothing, but then the amount of attention they give it is probably not necessarily uh, representative of the threat the storm poses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, I don't, I don't need to be hearing how bad it's going to get. I'm going to hear that enough. <laughs> it's one of those It's one of those double-edged swords where you're like, on the one hand, they want to make sure people are informed, but on the other hand, it also is a huge ratings bump when there's a, a exactly. storm on the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, and it's like right now they're like, they keep saying, like, right now we're not tracking anything. It's like, okay, but it's going to get bad. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm just supposed to be scared now for what? Right. Like, I can't do anything now, right? right. I mean, I I can't, I, what, preemptively book a hotel? Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Spend way too much money on plywood for the windows? Ex- like yeah, that. right. I'm like, I have hurricane windows. I don't, I guess I could buy more bottled water and get some toilet paper, which I feel like I have enough of, but all right. But that's the other thing. I was like, well, then, well, don't hoard. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, you're telling me now. There's nothing to be worried about now. I could be worried later. Anyone would go, okay, well, if it's going to be a problem later, let me buy shit now mm-hmm. while it's around. But don't do that because it's hoarding. <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah. Why don't you show me another story of some idiot getting attacked by an alligator? And let's all, that at least I can understand. I can be like, don't go there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, okay. So we have, uh, three uh movies that we're going to get into um we're getting dark this time yeah it's getting it, there are three three pretty good films i was actually kind of uh surprised we we had a bit of a um, dry spell and then we kind of got hit with uh with a few uh all in a row i will say though one thing that never ceases to amaze me and when i say amaze i mean sadden and disappoint me is that um you know the She-Hulk show started mm. in, in the MCU and and I did not know that Stan Lee created her just so that like CBS didn't make it themselves. Did you know that? No. Yeah, so apparently um, so you know CBS had, they ran the TV show The Hulk, uh, mm. Lou Ferrigno and, um, 
and then they also ran uh, you know Six Million Dollar Man, and then they did Bionic Woman, and the Bionic Woman was such a ratings, like a breakout hit, that Stan Lee felt well it was only logical then that CBS was going to do the same thing with the Hulk and make a female Hulk. So he created <laughs> She-Hulk. And this is like, if anything encapsulates, wow. I think Stan Lee is a creator. It's him yeah. to go, well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Dude was brilliant. But at its at his core, he was like, how do I get money for this shit? And it's yeah. like, so he created <laughs> She-Hulk so that CBS couldn't preemptively create it and then be basically get all the royalties. So so that's why um well yeah. <laughs> and then you know obviously it wasn't until John Burns run we had all the fourth wall breaking and all that shit, right? Like um, yeah. but you know so the Disney Plus put out their uh She-Hulk show. I you know I enjoyed it. I don't you know go into these things with uh, something like this with a character that I have zero connection to at all, like mm-hmm. none. I just go, well, when I'm watching it, am I entertained? And if the answer is yes, then that pretty much is where it ends for me. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, you can't have something coming out without uh, a bunch of, you know, internet man babies getting their panties all in a bunch because I guess in this case, it's because the Jennifer uh, uh, Banner there, whatever her name is, um, mm-hmm. her explanation to Bruce as to why she was able to, you know, control her anger and shift back and forth is because as a woman living in modern times, she has to do that anyway, because otherwise, you know, I mean, she'll she'll be called difficult, she'll be called a bitch, nobody's going to listen to her, and there's just this kind of list of shit women have to deal with to begin with that you just kind of learn to live with, and if it made you, if you freaked out every time you dealt with it, then you'd always be mad, you know, basically mm-hmm. just a commentary on what it might be like to live as a woman now and have a full-time career and not at all um, crazy or, like, anything different than I think you'd probably hear. Like, I hear the conversations my wife sometimes has with people she has to deal with, and I'm like, I don't know why she's not throwing hands because right. some of the shit they say to her, I'd be like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking to, but it ain't me. Right. Like, but she can't say that as a woman, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's kind of understood. So, it, but yet, of course, you know, that people can't just take, it's got to be an assault on their values as men or whatever. And I was thinking today that, like, if you had come to me when I was, like, 10 years old or 11 years old and said, you know, someday in the future... Like, all these comic books that you love, you know, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, even fucking Doctor Strange, this fucking weirdo with the pointy cape, they're all going to have movies, and it's going to look amazing, and then mm. you're going to have TV shows, and, and, and there's going to be this network of computers that talk to one another, and you're going to be able to watch your shit literally whenever you want to. On like a computer you carry around your phone, I would be like, "That is amazing!" And 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 all these commuters that are connected, like all these people who love comics as much as I do, they're just going to use it to talk to each other about how much they love it. No, <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> I know, man. I know. <laughs> they're gonna hate it yeah. for no reason at all. And hate you for liking it. And hate you for liking it. 
Or like different ones than they like. Or like different ones that they like. Yeah. What, do you like Superman and you like Spider-Man? Well, you're not going to be allowed to. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, good times. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we have three feel-good hits of the summer. Uh, where do you want to start first? Uh, let's do The Innocence first. All right. The Innocence. So... Uh, two of these movies, actually, three of these movies are Shutter. I guess yeah, that's true. I guess what you would call Shutter originals. In that, uh, streaming wise, they'll be on Shutter. Uh, one of them is not a Shutter, is not on Shutter yet, but will be later later this year. Um, so, The Innocence is uh, directed and written by Eskil Vat, and I'm probably saying their name wrong. Um, it is a. Uh, I'm not sure which um, Nordic country um, it takes place in. Um, uh, let's mm. see. Uh, the writer director was, was born in Norway, so we're going to go with it's, it's Norwegian. It's not um, a Norwegian language, so. Yeah. So uh, this was a movie that I had seen um, listed in Shutter, but it really kind of got my attention because Stephen King tweeted out about it and he was like, this shit's the fucking real deal. And I was like, Oh, for real? Like, Mm. I mean, you know, early Stephen King movies, if he was like, this movie's great, I'd be like, got it. Don't watch it. Uh, (laughs) Now, not so much, but, um, so essentially, and, 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 and the one thing, um, that I'll, I'll kind of say up front is for a movie consisting entirely of, well, not entirely, but the main focus is this four group of children, young actors, that how they were able to get such strong performances out of these kids. I have no idea yeah. because working with kids, I my understanding, I mean, they're kids, right? They're not going to be right. um, in, incredibly focused. Um, and maybe, this is where the language gap comes in. Maybe if I had understood Norwegian, they'd be like, no, no, those, they were bad. Like, <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't seem that way. Um, but essentially there's these four kids. Um, so, uh, two, um, t- two kids, uh, two girls, Ida and Anna, um, kind of moved to this apartment complex. And, um, Anna's the older sister, right yes yeah so she is um autistic and like non-verbal autistic um kind of not like wheelchair bound but just not really able to communicate with anyone a lot of like the sensory stuff like turning light switches on and off scribbling on kind of like an etch-a-sketch kind of thing doing things that are very like sensory related but not but completely non-verbal just mostly um, kind of little grunts and noises like that. Um, and then her sister, Ida, her younger sister, you could tell Ida like does not like the fact that her older sister is autistic, sees her kind of like a burden. Like, and, and Anna won't like vocalize when she's in pain. So like Ida will like pinch her just to be like, haha, fuck you, you know, that type mm. of thing. Um, so they move to this apartment complex and Ida becomes friend with this young boy named Ben who... Um, you know, he he's his mom. You kind of get the impression his. Well, you know that he's abused at home because mm-hmm. we see kind of bruises on his torso. His mom is somewhat of a negligent parent. I'm not sure if she's the one who's abusing him. Somebody else was. Um, and then there's a fourth girl, Aisha, 
who has um I don't know what the skin condition is called, but it's when um particularly uh people with darker skin tones where they don't have the the mel- melatonin or whatever it is in their skin, so like kind melanin, of around her yeah. mouth. It's the the lighter skin and then she's um got the you know kind of the darker pigment the rest and and these four kids essentially and i think this is kind of the genius of the movie they learn that the four of them together have powers uh and they kind of stumble across it somewhat organically so you know ben can kind of at first can like move things with his mind and he shows ida he has her like drop a bottle cap and he'll use his mind to like fling it a few feet and then Aisha starts she realizes she can hear what Anna thinks and and speak for her and then Ida I don't did Ida have powers like No that was her whole thing the whole time was she yeah. needed she needed Anna to go out with her and stuff to like when shit started to go down because she says I can't do anything Yeah yeah and so when the four of them are together what they realize is that their powers are kind of being amplified so so Ben's able to now like shoot rocks and he's able to take control of people and have them do things like Anna is, is, is able to do, you know, kind of like telekinetic stuff, send out like force bolt type of things. Aisha is able to actually speak through Anna. So she can, Mm -hmm. she gives Anna the opportunity to like talk to her mom, but yet it's still like, it's like she can read Anna's thoughts and then make Anna speak. It's not like she's just kind of using her as a mouthpiece. And then, you know, as as time goes on, what we learn is that, you know, Ben is, and I'm assuming kind of they paint it as because of his abuse, he's kind of heading down a pretty dark path and starts to use his powers for some pretty bad shit. Mm-hmm. And it's up to them as a group to kind of stop him. And the the genius of this movie, and I think in, in part because it's it's told primarily with with younger kids, is that we learn all of this stuff just by how these kids interact with each other through mm-hmm. through action. There's yeah. no one, you know. I was talking to my wife about it, and I was like, if this was like a regular movie with adults, one they'd have an explanation as to why they have powers. Mm-hmm. Which is totally not needed because it doesn't matter. But also, they would have conversations about like, you know, well, when did you realize you first had it? And they'd have to have these like, expos- like very heavy kind of exposition scenes yeah. where they explained, you know, what it was and what was going on. And because I feel like I don't know if it was on purpose, just because that was just the movie they wanted to make, or because the the age of the actors made it so that. Nobody was going to be given these like really dialogue-heavy scenes. So you had to learn about all of the stuff they could do just by the way these kids interacted with each other. Mm-hmm. And it gave it was so much faith placed in the audience's ability to understand what was going on. And it was fucking great. Yes. <laughs> because it, that doesn't happen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, and, and these kids were, I mean, Ben, like he, 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 it wasn't this like heel turn. It was very, this just gradual, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was kid shit, right? Like the yeah. first thing he kind of, like somebody called him a name, mm-hmm. and he threw a rock at him or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. And then he got bullied by a kid, an older kid on the with a soccer ball or, or basketball yeah. or something yep. at one point on the playground, and that comes into play later. Yeah, um, and then you know, but like it really. And you kind of it kind of hints at the stuff he's got going on at home, like you said, with the bruises and things like that. But then, you know, once once shit really kind of pops off, you you get to see kind of how bad it really is for him at home. Yeah, yeah, and and it seems like too, like he had been almost like everybody arriving when they did allowed his powers to increase to where he could actually kind of start doing stuff, doing things about the problems he was having, but you know, he's a kid, so you know, he's not exactly mature about what he does and then right. things go exactly. down yeah. from then. And and even like and 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 the thing about it too is that the parents were completely oblivious. Like in these movies, I feel like there's always yeah. a scene where a parent finds something out. Mhm. And then they try to help, and the and the, and so, so if this was an American film, right? Um, at, towards the end of it, there'd be some adult confidant. It, it might be, oh yeah, it would oh, be an sure. older sibling. It might be a teacher, you know, whatever the parent, and 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 they would find out, and they would say to the kid like, you know. I've got to help. I can't. You know, whatever. And the kid would be like, I got to take. Care. I got to do this on my own. Yes. Or they'd sneak out, or they yes. use their power. They 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 spike the person's drink or something to show like. And this had none of like these parents had no fucking idea what was going on. I mean, yeah, at some point, like I said, Anna kind of spoke to her mom, and her mom took that as okay. Well, maybe this kid's had a breakthrough. It happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, you know, kids with autism that that are undergoing therapies like she was. It's not. I'm not saying it happens all the time, but it's not entirely uncommon that she would be able to say, like, essentially, mama. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet the parents were completely oblivious. So these kids are kind of handling all of this entirely on their own. And in fact, the one time when when, when Ida actually tries to do something about it and it and fails, you know, at one point, and this isn't really spoiling, but she, she tries to push Ben off of an overpass and runs away because someone sees her and he didn't hit the highway he kind of hit the embankment and her mom later on is like you know yeah he's fine i guess you know the woman who the woman who saw him said you know you really couldn't have a description or said you looked some you know basically was like oh look kind of like you and the girl's like ha ha and the mom's like yeah whatever you know like i mean it wasn't like like it wasn't like any like i mean the kid the parents really were oblivious and not and i don't mean that as a bad thing i mean that as a yeah. When, well, I mean, when, like when you and I were kids and our parents over the summer, you would leave the house in the morning and you'd come back for lunch yes. maybe and there, or you'd come back in the evening. Your parents had no fucking clue what you did all day. Right. If shit hit the fan, they'd find out. Yeah. But there was a huge gap between I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be and shit hitting the fan right. and that's where we lived. <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. You know, so you so that you and you wouldn't say that your parents were negligent. They were just letting their kids off to be kids, and that's basically what was going on here. So it right. made sense that the parents didn't know, even up until the very end, and the way they, the little bit that they kind of let you know what actually happened was was absolutely perfect, given what had happened in the movie up until that point. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I, you know, it, and I think it, it, you know, Anna having uh, being autistic also lends to the parents not, you know, not that they're not paying attention, but they got their hands full. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and they're moving, you know, they're still unpacking for most of the movie. Like this is only like within a few days of them having moved to this place. So exactly. You know, her parents got a lot of shit going on. So. Right. Right. Yes. And it was summertime. So it's not like, you know, yes. the kids were in school, like, but right. God, I just, I, when I was done with it and I, and I, and I, it makes me a little depressed <laughs> because I was so surprised at how much faith the movie put in the audience yeah, I know. Yeah. to be able to figure things out. And, and I also, mm. you know, I watched, you know, I watched this, this week I watched burning or the burning this week mm-hmm. and I watched 13 assassins. So three absolutely fantastic, um, uh, foreign films. And I, I just kept thinking about, um, at the at the Oscars, when Bong Joon Ho said, "You know, basically, d- don't let three inch tall words keep you from, you know, basically having good experiences." Yeah. And and I and and this movie, I think, is just such a perfect example of that because it's such a smart, well crafted, slow burn. I mean, and it's like over; it's like two hours long, and it's just yeah. and it puts all of its faith in the audience to be able to say like, I am going to show you things and I'm going to expect that you'll be able to figure it out. And I'm going to show them to you in a way that you will be able to figure it out. The, mm-hmm. But, but if I don't explain something, it's because it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. So don't worry about it because yep. you don't ever care why they can do what they can do. No. Um, and it no, was it's so like you said when, when you were telling me about it because I had not heard of it, and uh, and you were talking about it and you were like like Chronicle vibes and I was like okay, mm-hmm. and then they showed you know the kids out in the woods and I thought oh Ben's going to show her the meteor rock or whatever the, you know what I mean yeah. I fully expected that yeah you know because that's that's Chronicle but right. uh, when that didn't happen and he was like no no I can do this watch like yeah. watch me do this thing and that was it and I was like oh okay he can do that cool right like that was it right and I think too to a certain degree kids at a certain age like. They're just going to be like, oh, that's cool. Like, they're not yeah, necessarily exactly. going to ask why, because for them, they haven't lived long enough in the crushing reality of adult life <laughs> right. to realize it's impossible. Like, to them, right. that, it's, yes, of course you could do that. I mean, people are still pulling quarters out of their ears and shit at the exactly. like, you know I mean? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was such, and, and for me, like, I, I didn't. I didn't watch a trailer or anything. I just no. I didn't either. I didn't, I you know, didn't I, I saw Stephen King tweeted about it. I went to Shutter. There it was, and I was like, "All right, well, let's give it a try." And then, yeah, I texted you about halfway through, and was like, "Oh, uh, yep." <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciate because, like, I don't know that I would honestly don't know that I would have clicked on it. Yeah. That yeah. two-hour runtime. Sometimes when I see those things on Shutter yeah. and it's like two hours, I'm just like, oh, yeah. You know, Shutter's track record, like we've talked about so many times lately. Yeah. Although yeah. the foreign films end up being some of their better stuff, I think. So. Yeah, but I had also watched a string of not great foreign films, so mm-hmm. I I felt the same way that you did. But you know, the difference to me is that this felt, in terms of the production values, more like a studio film. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, but in, but less like a studio film and how much 
it ex- expected its audience to be smart. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like I and I just and the worst thing about it is I just can see two, three years from now the American oh, yeah. remake where the Ben brings Ida to the woods to see the meteor rock. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Or they make like a, a fuck ton of X Men reference. Like Ben has X Men comics or something. Uh, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but um, yeah, so definitely, you know, check it out. I'm sure. I, I know it's probably it's going to be on my list uh, come the end of the year. Yeah. Um. Okay. What's next? Uh, you picked this one. Doesn't matter to me. All right. Well, we're gonna stick with Shutter in terms of what you can see on Shutter right now. Okay. Um, and that is what Hosea saw. So, um, directed by Vincent Grashaw, written by Robert Allen Diltz, um, starring Robert Patrick, Nick Stahl, whom I have not seen on camera forever. I mean, yeah. honestly, the last thing I remember seeing him in was uh, Terminator 3 or whatever. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I've... I don't know if I personally have seen him. Um, I guess he's been on. He was on Locking Key. It looks like here. Oh, see, I, I, and I guess I okay. So Fear of the Walking Dead. I have Locking Key in my background, or in my background. Sorry, my backlog. I just I haven't watched it because I knew it was ending, and I really loved the comic, and I was just kind of. Oh, like, he eh. was in Hunter Hunter. Oh, okay. Was he? Yeah. Shit. I mean, he was the Luke. yeah the the bad guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, so Robert Patrick, Nick Stahl, Scott Hayes, uh, no relation to Chet Hayes, um, and uh, Kelly Kelly Garner. Um, uh, Tony Hale was a small role. Um, So essentially, um, this movie, if you read the description about three siblings coming to, um, you know, reunite at a farmhouse... Uh, and you start watching it and are like, where are the three? Oh. Where's the family? Yeah, no. Just let it go for a while. <laughs> yeah, I I texted you like, well, in the yeah. middle of it, I was like, I think I'm watching the wrong movie. Like, I don't know if something's wrong with Shutter today. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so the movie kind of starts off. Um, so Robert Patrick plays the, the titular Hosiah. Uh, him and his son. Uh, Thomas live on this on their their property, and um, you know Robert Patrick is is this kind of abusive drunk, and uh, we know that um, his wife uh, Tom's Thomas's mother um, killed herself, um, and uh, we're not sure why, but we we just know that um, that she did. And one night, and so like you know, Hosiah basically kind of verbally abuses his kid. Uh, you get the impression there was physical abuse back in the day. One mm-hmm. night, Hosiah is kind of looking out the window and sees a vision and tells his son the next day, like, you know, because your mom killed herself, she's gonna burn in hell. But if we fix this house up and get our lives right, she she won't. We can rescue her. She won't be burning in hell anymore. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's a uh, an oil drilling company that is trying to buy up all the land because this is in Texas. All the land, 
all this Texas farmland, and and the Milners are like the last, or sorry, the 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 uh, the Grams are the last family to sell, and they're kind of like you know the guys talking to the sheriff, and they're like, well, you know, the wife killed herself, and you know the boy found her, and you know if you can get him to sell, great. So after kind of what happened, you know, we see. Hosiah and, and, and Thomas and their kind of shitty life, it switches to Nick Stahl as, as Eli. And he's a dude who um, is on, you know, basically the sex offender list because he had sex with a 17-year-old or 16-year-old and thought she was older. And uh, the sheriff suspect the little girl goes missing. Sheriff suspects maybe he had something to do with it. He also owes a shit ton of money. Uh so he works out a deal with the people that he owes money to and they're like there's this and this is where the movie I did stumble a bit like if you want to talk about like playing into all of the stereotypes about the Roma and you know, <laughs> you know right. the gypsies and they hoard gold and steal children and <laughs> so this guy's like hey there's this gypsy encampment they have all this gold go there and uh, kind of get it and our debts will be you know uh, your debts will be uh, whatever, let go. So he goes there and some bad shit happens and then he kind of rescues the girl because they had had her. Well, then it switches to his sister who, um, you know, she's having nightmares about stabbing herself in the stomach and she had had a baby or she had a tubal ligation so she could have kids and they're trying to adopt and she keeps having all these nightmares, like I said, about killing herself and mm-hmm. and her husband's trying to sympathize with what, what's going through and so they all eventually end up back at the farmhouse mm-hmm. so that Eli can convince Thomas to sign the paperwork so they can sell the farm get paid and basically go their separate ways and that's when all of the shit hits the fan. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, up until that point, it it plays almost like an anthology mm-hmm. as it goes through the stories of each kid. And right. And so my my whole thing was if the description says you, you you know that that they're coming to the farmhouse to pay for past sins, you kind of expect that that's where you start, or maybe yeah. you get like a little bit of backstory but what is like two hour movie and it's like the last what 20 minutes when they come back to the house uh yeah yeah maybe maybe 30 but it's it really it really is like almost three different movies the way it plays out yeah and i personally i loved it i did too uh because it's you know to me it's this kind of gothic horror where you know, it, you you've got you've got a troubled family. You, you've you've got time spent with the individual family members who are all wrestling with their demons. You've got this, you know, homestead that's kind of falling apart. You've got all these these past secrets that are essentially driving them all towards their own personal hells, mm-hmm. and then when they all come back together, the the truth is laid bare and how that manifests itself and what we learn about them, you know, 
is, is uncovered. And I, I don't want to spoil it mm. because I think it's – I do have a question for you after the show though. Okay. Um, yeah, cause it, because it looks like one thing and it's pretty fucking dark and then – it's somehow even darker. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and 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 that's the thing, and 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 it's the type of movie that expects a lot of patience, and and oh yeah, very you know, slow burn. Yeah, and and I think that I could I could, and I could totally understand why someone who's watching it because they read what you did. Uh, and not, and I don't mean that like, well, you read this. Uh, this is the description put forth <laughs> by yeah. the people marketing this movie. Um, you know, if, if if you read the description of the movie and were like, like you said, like where the what is going on? Like honestly, I didn't even realize when they got to to Nick Stahl's story that he was even related to oh, right <laughs> to, to to Thomas and 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 Hosiah. It took me a minute too. Yeah, it took yeah. it took a minute. Yeah, um, and so. You know, if 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 you're willing to, you know, kind of work th- with it, and uh, because because really what it is is it's 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 a movie that is trying to show what the past has done to these three people, mm-hmm. well, four people because yes. Hosiah right. too, uh, you know what the past has done to this family, mm-hmm. and and in order to. I, th- I really feel like in order for the the ending to have as much of an impact as it does, you you have to have seen where they all are to really mm-hmm. understand what how the the severity of what happened, right? You know, yeah. um, and then and then once and and then once it does become clear, it at that point there's just hold on to your seat. There's no letting up. It's just no. like. Boom, 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 boom. You know, I mean, it all, it's just like, it's all, it's like somebody who spends an hour and 45 minutes setting up an elaborate, you know, um, string of, of dominoes and then 10 minutes watching them all fall down. Yes. Um, right. And, you know, for some people, they're just like, well, I don't want to watch them set it up. I just want to watch it, the destruction. And it's like, and I get that, but that anticipation of seeing it all and then knowing that, well, these people are kind of fucked up. I wonder why that is. And then you see why and you're like, Oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like I said, like it, 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 you know, it hints at some dark shit early on and, and you're like, okay. And you're getting ready for that. And you, and then, and then things start to happen in the third act and you're like, yeah, yep. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it, it like for a lot of movies that would have been enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> But this one, it's like the it it just leaves you like your mouth wide open on the last shot, and yeah. then that's it. Like yeah. it's just that's it, and you're just like fuck. Yeah. Like you think you know what's going on, and then it's like, yeah, you weren't ready for this, son. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I I highly recommend it, but just. You know, again, be 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 willing to wait. You know, and give it a chance to um, kind of show all of its cards. I mean, I do feel like the the gypsy stuff was 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 kind of a misstep. Like, I don't, I, I you I know, when, agree, yeah. especially because the one guy is like kind of you know the guy that that holds all the debts is kind of going on about oh you know the the Nazis they didn't just take uh, you know the Jews you know, stuff like they, they also persecuted the, you know, the gypsies. And I'm like, well, but you're also like 
Like this movie is like basically, you know, kind of playing to all the tropes that you know folks have said about <laughs> about them. Right. Like you're not exactly <laughs> helping <laughs> your case right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, but but absolutely well worth it. Okay, uh, last movie. Uh, this is one that we've had on our radar for a while. Um, I want to say it screened at Fantastic Fest, but I can't say for sure. I think um, so, yeah. I think so, because I think that's when, like, uh, Shudder essentially, you know, kind of entered the deal. Um, I know it was at Sundance, but but Shudder acquired the rights to be able to kind of be the exclusive streaming place. And I want to say October? It's like two days before Halloween. I want to say it's the 29th. Um, let me see because I know I know it's the very last um I know it's the last week of of October and I and I can't remember Halloween is on a Saturday. Yeah, so it's it's probably the 28th cuz they a lot they'll put stuff out on Fridays, but yeah. it it's it's right at the end of October. Uh and that is Resurrection. Um so the um the latest uh Rebecca Hall joint um written and directed by Andrew uh Siemens. Um whose work I, as a director, I am not familiar with. Um, yeah, yeah this, no, is, this is the first thing I've seen that he's done. Yeah. So um, uh, yet another just absolutely bracing performance by Rebecca Hall, who unfortunately will, will not get the credit she deserves for it. Um, nope. She, she plays, also produced on this one. Yeah, she was one of the executive producers. Um, so Rebecca Hall, Tim Roth, um, Grace Kaufman plays uh, Rebecca's daughter Abby. Um, it's a very small cast uh, in mm-hmm. terms of like the the main characters, but Rebecca Hall plays uh, this young woman named Margaret, and this she has. I mean, you want to talk about someone who has all of her shit together, mm-hmm. um, in terms of, but it together in a way not like everything's great together in everything has its place and has compartmentalized her life to a point that isn't necessarily the healthiest but like she's having an affair with someone she works with but it's an affair so that way it can just be completely separate from the rest of her life she can just basically have sex with this guy not have to worry about any sort of kind of romantic entanglements she has a daughter that she's somewhat um, overprotective about um which i thought was hilarious because you know abby's like at one point sitting in a room and she's just like playing elder scrolls with her friend like yeah i need loot and her mom's like giving her a hard time yeah <laughs> like this kid <laughs> is just trying to raid and you're like all up in her shit like yeah, yeah. <laughs> let her go get her legendary epaulets <laughs> what the fuck you say that word um and so she you know she works um i think she works for like a pharmaceutical company or something um She's like a therapist or yeah, something. I honestly could never figure out exactly what her job was. Yeah, because at one point she's kind of giving advice, uh, like relationship advice to, to this younger uh, woman, a co-worker. But then later on she's kind of giving what appeared to be um, a presentation about uh, efficacy of a particular yeah. drug or something. So, right. yeah. so she, um, you know, so like I said, she, she's kind of got her life all together. Goes to a medical conference, or uh, whatever conference it is for whatever she does for a living. Um, is sitting kind of in the back of the uh, conference room, and who does she see several rows ahead of her? But uh, Tim Roth. 
And this is enough to completely unravel her mm-hmm. uh, to where she gets the fuck out of there. And the way this movie showed her as a person unraveling through hair and makeup, costumes, was just absolutely brilliant. Because mm-hmm. um, you really could see how much this her seeing him and her subsequent conversations with him was taking a toll on her, not just through um, her relationships with her daughter and the guy she was, was fucking, but just her relationship with herself, the way she looked, the way, I mean, all of that stuff. And I thought, man, I'd not, you know, and it wasn't like, I mean, I think, you know, for men, it's like, oh, well, they stop shaving, right? Like, that's the number one thing, right? Like, the guys stop shaving. Maybe now his shirt is untucked. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, right. but for her, it was more, it was like, it was like you being able to show, I mean, because she's, you know, she she's she's a thin person, uh, but like making her, 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 um, her face even thinner. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the the sunken eyes, the hair that that's yes. kind of you know, and just did a fantastic job. But then, so what we find out is that she had been in a relationship when she was younger in college. She went off on a research uh, semester, met Tim Roth, who was an older at the time. They kind of fell in love, and he began becoming emotionally abusive and manipulative towards her, and 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 he would call uh, things kindnesses. So. You know, for example, he would say, you know, he he would, you know, if you would do me a kindness, but his kindness would be, you need to hold a certain yoga pose all night long, or kind of this, that, or the other. Um, yeah, it progressed to that. She said it started off as like just cooking or cleaning or just yeah. little little stuff. Right, right. And then as his grip on her got stronger, it progressed right. to worse and worse things, and she realized that. Um, so, and this is where, so. There's going to come a time in this movie when you're going to have to decide for yourself whether you feel this is a psychological horror movie or mm-hmm. whether you feel this is a <clears throat> paranormal horror movie. Because the movie is not going to make that decision for you. It's going to tell a story and you're going to have to decide for yourself what that means. Because what the movie tells you is that they had a baby and Tim Roth's character David did not like the fact that now something else was taking uh, Maggie's attention away from him and and was was essentially taking his place in their world so he killed the baby left the baby's fingers on the counter for Maggie to see when she got home, and he he ate it, mm-hmm. and then comes back to tell her that the baby is in him and alive, and if she will just do him a kindness, and the kindnesses escalate, that she can uh, essentially be with her baby through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't see any of that. We just hear it. So at that point, to me, that's kind of like two paths diverge in a wood. And right. you can either go, okay, like, th- like, did he really kill the baby? 
Like, <laughs> like yeah. is she complete? Like, what you know? And 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 and, and then it kind of goes. It goes from there, and she begins to unravel, and her she's her relationship with her daughter begins to unravel. Uh, like seriously unravels the the boyfriend get gets involved like with the daughter saying i think your mom's like having some sort of like break with reality mm-hmm. um again this isn't a movie we can really spoil but the decision you make in regards to what kind of movie you think it is what kind of horror movie you think it is directly impacts your interpretation of the ending right and I, I watched an interview with the director, and he's it's yeah he's like it's it's yeah he wouldn't say yeah he's not going to tell you like it's you know it's up to to the viewer you know to decide these things and then and therefore like interpret the ending in your own way because um, there's a lot of stuff like you said um, you know she's dealing with uh, not only this guy showing back up but also her daughter's getting ready to leave for college and yep. she's. She's, she's dealing not handling with, that. Yeah, she's not handling that well at all. Because, like you said, everything's in control. Everything's in its place. Mm-hmm. You know, she has her life the way she wants it, and this is a fairly big disruption to that. Coupled with the fact that she potentially has lost a child in the past, and right? It's kind of why she's overbearing, right? Uh, and then this guy showing up seemingly out of the blue while she's dealing with this stuff, yeah, kind of is what sends her on this down the spiral, right? Right. So I I don't know about you, but I I took the ending to be not uh, the literal of what they were showing you that no. that that she basically had kind of broken fully yes and, and 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 the very very last shot was her realizing yes what I think everything up until the I think I personally think he did kill the baby um, yeah. And 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 everything that had happened. I do too, and I think that's kind of how she got away from him. Yes, and, was and it was enough of a yeah of got a, out from under shit. his control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think you know some. I think some of the things were just things she saw, and I think you know some things. I can't say for sure because the the, the what he pointed out, the director pointed out that I kind of didn't notice was that anytime you see David he doesn't interact with anyone else. Oh, like, see, I was wondering about that. And, and but I thought at the restaurant when they were ordering food, I thought he had interacted with the server. So, so he, he did make mention of that. He said, he said that that's the one thing you can kind of point to. Um, and, and even then it's like, I think the, the shot when the, the, waitress brings the coffee you didn't see that it was his face and then or something and then but like even you know the guy in the park who was like uh i don't know what you're talking about you're freaking me out i'm gonna leave now like i think i think my i think she saw a man in that that class or seminar or whatever that looked enough like that guy to to freak her out and like I said, coupled with the other things she was already dealing with, then she started to see him more and more. I, I don't know that he was ever really there. So then, at the, so then the the so she 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 kind of makes up with David in a hotel room at the mm-hmm. end. Then mm-hmm. who was that? 
Exactly. I, I don't know. I don't know that there was anyone even there. Like that was, the, and that was the thing. He's like, he was like, cause like in the interview, he was like, did she really kill a man in there? Who knows? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like kind of, he's leaving it up to, to the audience. And I'm like, shit. Cause it got me to think it. I was like, cause I, my initial thought, I know we're kind of spoiling a little bit, but mm-hmm. my, my thought was that it was going to be Peter. Oh, it okay. was in the hotel room. And then what happened? I was like, "Holy shit!" I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be that. It's See, a- I, I thought, I think, I think she, I think David was real, and I think what she did to David was real. I think everything that happened after what she did to David was in her mind. Okay, so, so you think that was him in the park or no? Yeah, even with that reaction. You think yeah. that was like manipulation, I guess? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My take on it was that at that point, like, he, he needed to know, like, he was kind of feeling out to see mm, whether, if he still had any if he, kind of If he still had, or, yeah, if he yeah. had influence, right. So, okay. so if he kind of, if she comes up to him and is like, and he's he could kind of act like no and then realize, yep, I got her. Gotcha. You know? Because if he's out in the park and she, and, and she completely ignores him, you know what's he going to do? He can't right. make any overt moves towards her because that would then just, especially if he had killed a baby, right? I mean, she could just be like, "Well, so so he that was him essentially testing the waters." And then once he realized, "I got her," then mm. that's when it was like, "Okay, now now we can play." Yeah, that's how okay. I took it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, but I mean, God, yeah, it's just ah. I, I makes me want to rewatch the night house because she was so good in that. <laughs> I know she was so good in that. And I she, just, Oh damn it. I, I told myself to remember the delivery of the line. I can't now, I can't remember what it was, but she delivered a line in this. That was, that was pretty close to that line in the night house that she yeah. just fucking nailed it. Yeah. And there was the one in this one too. And I thought, fuck, I need to remember that. Now I can't remember it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's so good. She's and, very, yeah, she's fantastic. And it's like, you know, these movies where she's just fucking killing it. It's like she's just not they're just not the types of movies that get people noticed. Yeah. I mean like we you know Tony Collette was noticed for Hereditary, but that movie somehow managed to pierce the general movie-going audience's um consciousness. Surprisingly. Yeah. Surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, especially when you watch it you're like how did anyone Who's not you or I? Right. Shit about this film. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, sometimes you can watch a thing and you can you can tell you can understand that it the, the mainstream kind of focus yeah. or whatever. But that movie, holy shit! Yeah, like like Orphan First Kill. I get it. Right. Right. Or right. like Orphan. Like I get it. You know. Yeah. I These can things see that why like, Friday night like people a, would be like, yeah. Yeah. Or they're almost like lifetime movies, but just turned up to eleven. You know, they go just past mm-hmm. that notch or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, holy exactly. shit. But hereditary. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Gabriel Byrne burned to death in his living room, and then Tony yeah. Collette sawed her own head off, like yeah. <laughs> on the ceiling and shit on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of naked old people, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yet <laughs> somehow she, got, you know, and. And then Rebecca Hall doesn't get noticed for some just absolutely fucking stellar work, and it it makes me sad. But uh, man, so yeah, so come October when when Resurrection hits Shutter, definitely, definitely check it out. Um, yep. uh, and I'd be yeah, be interested to 
to hear people's interpretation of uh and, and I love movies like this where the the director again I th- is puts puts faith I mean to some degree they know like it doesn't matter what I say you're going to if you if you feel strongly that it's this you're going to come up with a reason why it's this and then when I tell you no I'm the one who wrote it and directed me like you know what I think I know what I saw <laughs> well either that or this is going to completely turn people off who maybe yeah. thought were feeling a certain way and then once it if it explains it a different way, you're gonna be like, "Well, fuck, yeah, like, <laughs> I didn't get that at all." Right, but you know, this also this feels like one. It's it's cool that Shutters went after it, Shutter went after it, but also I feel like it's going to get completely shredded in the reviews on Shutter. Uh, it just doesn't feel like a Shutter movie to me. Uh, yeah, I I find myself always somewhat surprised as to the reviews. On Shutter, and and not necessarily in a bad way. Um, I I feel like it sometimes it really depends on like when you read the reviews. Like I feel like yes, sometimes if you read right. the reviews yes. like right when the movie comes out, yeah, you'll get the the most um, the clearest distillation of what people like you and I feel about a movie. Right. But then the longer it goes on, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. I mean, this is there's just enough weird shit in it to where I think it fits, but there's also a lot where it doesn't because it's so much psychological stuff up yeah. until really the end that right. yeah. But um yeah, I, you know, and it's interesting. I'm not sure like I it's always interesting to me to to see the types of movies that they they go after, but I also mm-hmm. think to myself, all right, well, where if you know if I'm kind of thinking of the other streaming services, especially with like who the fuck knows what's going on over at HBO, but you know in terms of like Hulu, I mean maybe mm-hmm. honestly Amazon Prime probably given the their track record yes. with with um you know like Master and um God some of the other movies they've picked up lately um. Because they have a Amazon Studios, they have a, a horror movie coming out soon, too. I just can't remember what it is. Um, I can't either, and it's something I'm looking forward to. Um, if I remember right. <laughs> let's see, what is it? But that, I guess, that would be the one I would think more than yeah than anything else. Um, yeah, I'll have to figure out what that is. But yeah, but you know, it'll be interesting to see how how long it takes for. The reviewers would shudder to to no longer like it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, okay, so so real quick uh, on the game side. So we have the next season of Destiny coming up on Tuesday. Oh, I do have a games thing. Sorry, I said I don't. I oh, do have one thing right. real quick. Um, just go ahead. Take me a second, but just uh, uh, last Sunday, uh, I, I went. I did the uh, the Vault of Glass in Destiny Two for the first time. So just I wanted to shout out. Um, the guys that I played with, um, it's a, a Discord that I'm in that uh, belongs to a Twitch streamer uh, named Sick Knight, which oh, is okay. S-Y-C-K-N-I-G-H-T. Everybody go follow Sick Knight. Uh, shout out to him. He's a, he is just the most chill dude. Um, he only streams Destiny. He's a big Destiny nerd, and that's kind of how I found him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sick Knight and Red Sox, Saiyan Loke, uh, Lawyer... Shit, and I forgot the other guy. 
Anyway, shout out to those guys, man. It was a, a it was a wonderful experience, and I got my first ever Fate Bringer, which oh nice made me very. I never got it in Destiny One either, so uh, it's it's just a hand cannon I've always wanted. Uh, I ended up getting two rolls on it. I got two of them uh, mm. and had a had a really good time. So cool. shout out to those guys. Um, is it is it Run Sweetheart Run? Is that the? No, that's not it. I'm, I'm looking at the Amazon stuff and stuff. Oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, otherwise, my best friend's exorcism. Anyway, um, oh, that so, might be it. Oh, okay, okay. So, so how long did it take you to get through Volta Glass? Uh, well, it's it's not. It was the the strike for the strike, the raid for the weekly rotator. So it was a pinnacle drop, but it's at this point we're so overpowered for almost everything in the game it wasn't bad and mm. uh and we got through it we started a little after eight and i think we finished at like nine thirty. so wow. it wasn't bad wow and i've like i said i did it once in destiny one i think only once maybe twice so i remembered nothing and i watched a, a video on it <clears throat> um that morning and as per usual i was watching it and i was like okay got it yep and then it gets to a point where i'm like wait what and it's the for for the vault of glass. It's the oracle encounter. I can't, my head cannot grasp how that's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and when and, and he kind of was sherping me through it, like saying he like you know you just stay with me. Will you know because most raids split teams up into like teams of like three teams of two. Or right, so. right. And so he was like, all right, well we'll we'll do the right side, and somebody will get mid, and they'll get left, whatever. And so I stuck with him pretty much the whole time. And but we got to the oracle encounter, and it was like. I was just like, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, he yeah. would tell me what number to shoot, and I was like, okay. But I'm like, how do I know what order to shoot it in when mine comes up? I don't know. Like, I don't understand. So so basically, he would just watch the one he was responsible for and mine and then tell me when to shoot mine. So. Right, right. Well, that's now, good. It was fun. Yeah, because, I mean, we had talked about Friday night about some of your less than fun experiences with right. – um, uh, what's it called? Uh, King King's Fall. King's Fall. Yeah, the the rumored to be returning. Right. Raid. Um, so you know, uh, I'm glad that you were able to um, have a, a positive uh, experience. Um, so, all right, Discord, huh? Interesting. And they were cool. They were just what do you just tell them like, hey, I want to do this, or or they were they did like an yeah, LFG you- type of thing, or yeah, so so I chat in there pretty regularly about Destiny, and, and, and I post a good bit. And it's, you know, the season's winding down, and, and people were kind of done with stuff. And I just thought, well, hey, if, if you guys aren't doing anything, the fault of glass being the raid, you know, if we got enough people. Because that's the thing. It's always trying to get enough people for raids and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we can get six, I wouldn't mind. You know, I've not, I've not done it in Destiny 2, and, and I've never gotten Fatebringer. And I really would like a Fatebringer. So, uh, and... You know, I said they wanted to try it on Tuesday and couldn't get enough people. And I was like, look, I got all week. You know, if it doesn't happen, doesn't happen, not a big deal. I just thought it'd be something, something to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, Friday night, it didn't happen. And then Sunday, uh, a couple of guys that hadn't been in in a while posted in. They were like, it will run vault. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up, ended up getting six and, and made it happen. No, is Fatebringer like a guaranteed drop, or you just got you got lucky? No, it's not. It, it's if you do like the master, um, it's one of the I forget what they call them, not time lost, but whatever. Like you get a curated role on it, and yeah. it's like 
a really good one. Uh, so I didn't get that. So it's just just random random drops from chests. I was lucky. Like I got two fate bringers. I actually got every weapon from the from the vault, and I got um, I got the cloak. I only got like armor. I, I didn't get shit for armor. Like I mm-hmm. got all weapons. So which is like I don't you know the armor's ugly anyway. It's all vex themed, and I'm not. I've never been a fan of it. Yeah. So. So I was actually happy that I got all the weapons, I you know, and, and then the other thing that's good about it is it, it opens them in the loot pool. So, you know, even if, if say I can only clear the first encounter ever again, at least I'll always get a roll on Fatebringer. I have a right. potential to get a Fatebringer roll out of there. So, right, right. Awesome. Well, very good. Congratulations. Yeah. Cause I mean, I remember we were talking about Friday night doing Vault of Glass with you like back in the day and. I don't yeah. remember shit from it either, other than the end. I was like, this is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Actually, oh. you know, the, the the end, I've always been confused. And the, the one or two times I remember doing it on, on Destiny 1, I was completely fucking lost. I was just running through portals. My yeah. screen's getting dark. I don't know what's going on. And they literally took the time and broke it down. And then we like did like a couple of dry runs to explain mm-hmm. what was going on what my role was supposed to be, what everybody else's role was like, yeah. and they, it really, it actually made sense to me. Like the right. walker room I did not get still don't, but, right. but the, the end encounter, the Atheon encounter, I'm like, okay, got it. Like it's right. not once, once you do something, that's the thing you can tell me all day what it's going to be, but yes. until I get in there and do it. Right. And the thing with, with a lot of these, these raid groups is they don't want to run you through it initially they're going to yeah. tell you everything real quick and then everything goes 100 miles an hour as soon as the, somebody right. starts the encounter right and, it, and it's just like none of this looks like anything y'all just said exactly right yeah right <laughs> so, everything you told me right it's just okay all right cool yeah. everybody's yeah. doing everything so fast i have no clue i right. don't recognize anything you just said right you know so yeah. this was completely the opposite of that and it was it was great awesome well that's awesome um all right, so I've been playing. Uh, so I had um, finished up the uh, Dawn of Ragnarok uh, DLC for Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a couple. Did like a run of the um, the roguelite, whatever they call it. Oh um, yeah, I got the helmet. I stopped. I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I, I'm just not a roguelite fan. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. you know, I mean, if it's if it's really if it's not Hades, uh, then I, I don't really have an interest in. And you know, I, I'm in, have a hundred and whatever, almost two hundred hours in Valhalla, so I'm as yeah. jacked up as you can be. So to just like bring oh, me right, back down yeah. to having nothing, like no, yeah. no, right? <laughs> like, why did I spend all this time getting all this shit and unlocking every skill and every ability to have none of it? No, fuck yeah. that. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. my thing was like he's just like you know. It's like Hades, but at least Hades you could save. Yeah. Like I, this, you're just like you go till you die, and I'm like, exactly. I gotta pee, like you know, yeah. like I gotta go to bed. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I knew like um, you know Saints Row is coming out this week, and you know I know the previews weren't all that great, but I was like, it's Saints Row, I can't not play it. Like I can't resist a new Saints Row game. So I was looking for something um, to play in the meantime, and I thought, well, you know, I have Batman. Arkham Knight, and I could start that, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I'm not going to finish it before um, Saints Row comes. So I started looking through Game Pass, and I saw this game called Lost and Random, which is available um, on Game Pass through uh, the EA Play. So if you have mm-hmm. Game Pass Ultimate, where you get the EA Play games. So this is um, 
uh, it's it's part of the EA Originals program. It's on um, it's on Game Pass, the Switch, PS4, PS5. Um, it's on Steam. Um, developed by uh, Zoink, and um, it's a pretty cool game. I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, so the, the the setup for this game is that you know there's this there was there's this world and you know everybody had dice and the dice were like these kind of like magical creatures and and basically all of your decisions were made based on rolling dice um and as time went on people started kind of getting more and more crazy with the types of things they were trying to do with their dice and causing wars and shit like that and this kind of queen came into power and she was like i'm the only person who's going to be allowed to have dice so she essentially killed off all the dice except for the one that she has and broke the world up into six different worlds so you know there's like one croft two town you know threesville so on and so forth Mm. and uh people who are the so and and as the numbers grow up kind of the status of people in those towns goes up too and so you play as a young girl named even uh she lived in one croft with her sister odd and at a certain point in time, um, kids in one croft will be uh, chosen, and if they're chosen, they're allowed to become Sixers, which means they get to go to the Sixth Kingdom. And so even Sister Odd goes to the Sixth Kingdom, but then she starts seeing this like ghost who she thinks is her sister, uh, and she thinks, you know what, maybe things aren't all that great in Sixville or whatever they call it, and I gotta go rescue my sister meets up with this one remaining uh, dice and they she's heading through all of the worlds to rescue her sister. So um, the art style is very much kind of like a Psychonauts where it's like everybody has very thin arms, very thin legs, <laughs> bigger heads, bigger torsos, that type of thing. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's kind of like an, an action game, but the way that the combat is done it's like an action game that's like also a, a card battler. Um, mm. So throughout the course of the game, you'll find uh, cards, and your deck can hold 15 cards. And a card could be something like it gives you a sword, or it could be, um, you know, it gives you a shield bubble, or it makes a dome where time slows down within it, you know, and then they get more outlandish as, as you go on. And each card has a cost associated with it in terms of like not just to buy it, but also to use it. So when battle starts, all of the enemies will have these like crystals on them. And it'll be like might be on the shoulder or their whatever. You shoot the crystal with your slingshot and it'll drop crystals and you can send, you can either run over them or you can send your dice to go get them. Those crystals then power up the cards. So once you have enough cards powered up, it could just be one card, it could be all your cards, you'll throw your dice. And whatever you roll, that's how many tokens you have to spend on cards. So if you roll a one and your sword card costs one token, you can now give yourself a sword. Um, And so as you... But the thing is, when you first start off, you're in one croft, your dice only has one pip. When you get to two town, your dice can throw a maximum of two. When you get to threesville, your dice can throw a maximum of three. So as you progress through the game, your rolls can get higher. The cards you can get also then cost more. So it becomes this how to pick a deck 
to match like your play style, but also when you're rolling the dice, you want to try to manage your cards so that you're picking things that allow you to like I always have a bunch of cards it's like okay this card lowers the cost of other card this card gives you more tokens so you're trying to manage things in a way that you can try to get as much out of a throw as you can give yourself as many weapons or curses or you know bombs on the ground or you know whatever like frogs that shoot acid arrows and uh you know that type of shit and so i mean the combat gets a little repetitive as the game goes on i think in part because you know you'll buy all the cards you can buy by like the fourth town um so kind of that discovery of new cards kind of stops um you also kind of have seen all the enemies you're going to see but you know, you have so much flexibility in terms of, hey, how do I want to play with a deck? Do I want to try to do something where, you know, if I'm I'm dodging through enemies, I'm hurting them, or if I'm shooting the crystals, I'm hurting them, or do I want to just do, like, give me all the weapons? You know, like, right. um, and then they build in things like if you if you have a sword and then you draw a sword card, it, it'll read, because your sword has a limited durability, your weapons have limited durability, mm-hmm. so if you draw a card for the same weapon you have, it resets the durability and you do more damage. So it's not like, you know, you're going to waste a card simply because you already have it in play and another one comes up. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's, it's one of these like, you know, kind of like psychonauts or like, you know, uh, American McGee's Alice. It, yeah, it very much looks like a double fine game. I was just looking that type of thing. Like it's it's got that weird <clears throat> sense of humor and quirky characters and yeah. that type of thing. Um, but the combat is, you know, because I was like a card bat. I'm like thinking I, when I read it, just like when you were saying with vault, you know, the, the vault of glass. Like, yeah, you can tell me about it, but until I do it, I was kind of reading it. And I was like, God, this combat just seems completely convoluted and overcomplicated but then when you play it 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 feels totally natural and then there's also like there's board game arenas where every time you throw your dice your your um your game piece moves forward and there might be like like obstacles where like a certain enemy will spawn and your game piece can't go any further until you kill the enemy so there's one where like oh this wall is kind of coming behind you so you're like shit am i supposed to wait until i have a full deck and then throw because when i roll my dice the game piece will be able to move you know but i also got to fight all these enemies so i don't want to just throw it when i'm not going to actually get anything out of it like you know it's not you know they, they actually play with the whole kind of like you know card game board game dice motif that's going on in the game mm-hmm. um and uh, I had not heard of this game. I guess it came out last year. I had not heard of this game at all. Period. Like, if it came out in September of last <coughs> year, it com- flew completely under my radar. Uh, wasn't until I was looking through Game Pass, and I was kind of like, "What the hell is this game?" And I and I searched on it, and I read an article on Kotaku that was like, "Yeah, it was like one of the best games that came out last year." And I was like, "What? No shit!" <laughs> so I was like, "All right, cool. I'll try it." And I've just been digging it so much. I'm actually like, I got an email Saturday that they'd shipped Saints Row, and I was like, "What? No, you're not supposed to ship. Like, shit comes out Tuesday. I'm not supposed to get it Tuesday. You're supposed to ship it Tuesday, and then I get it Friday." I'm like, "I got a new season of Destiny coming out now. I got to finish this shit for Saints Row. Come on, son." Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, like absolutely. And I mean, then all the platforms it's on. I mean, the only thing I would say is that the some of the aiming 
is a little wonky when you've got like a full battlefield of enemies and you're trying to just like pull your slingshot out and shoot the crystals off some robot's shoulder. Uh, it can get a little messy. The camera can get a little wonky. But um, other than that, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. So, you know, if, nice. you, if you're kind of looking for something that's a little different than the stuff that's, that's um, kind of been coming out, it's not an open world game. It's very linear. You might enter into an area and it'll tell you <coughs> there's six side quests or seven side quests or four or five cards to find. If you just kind of play the game, you'll you'll find it. You'll find yeah. all the side quests. You'll you'll be able to finish them. You'll be able to get all the cards. Um it's not one of these things where you have to like hunt high and low and try to figure out um how to do all this shit. It's just a very like chill uh and it I mean it can be hard if you want it to be. Uh, mm -hmm. It can also, you know, you can lower the difficulty however you want. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I definitely recommend it. I, I'm hoping it ends strongly. Um, you know, it, it, it um, yeah. you know, be just kind of interesting to see kind of where it goes. Um, and, and if I didn't have Game Pass, I would have never even. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I've heard of it. I had I, I don't know why I didn't hear about it. Other than just, I don't know if maybe last year when it first came out, it came out as like a PC game, and I tend to ignore PC yeah, games. Yeah, that happens a lot, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, you know, definitely give it a try. Especially if you have if you have Game Pass and you've got time. I mean, you really have nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, I need something like, like I thought, you know, I, I'm obviously going to be busy Tuesday yeah. for a while, but, but, uh, like I'm just so fucking. I, I like Valhalla a good bit. Like it's great, and and for my first Assassin's Creed, really since trying Part Three and hating it, yeah. Like I I appreciate that it's made me like the series again. Mm -hmm. But Jesus Christ, like seventy hours is enough, man. I'm yeah, just like, <laughs> it is. It is. There is a lot of game. I mean, they definitely. I f I feel like when they made Valhalla, they knew they were they they were they knew. Th before it was announced to the general public, the people making Valhalla yeah. knew that they were moving away from annual releases. Yeah. And so they were like, we're just going to throw a fuck ton of game in here and tide people over for two years. Because there is a lot. I mean, I feel you. I got to a point in Valhalla where I was like, can we just be done? <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought I was going to I was gonna play this. I played a good good bit this week. Like, I crossed 70 hours. Yeah. And, and my thought was I'm just going to power through the rest of this game because, I, like, I'm, I'm not going to worry about the chess. I'm not going to yeah. do any more of the, you know. No, still still at it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and that's kind of like, you know, when I was, I mean, most of the games I go to play of late are kind of longer, more open-worldy games. So I was like, I wanted something on the shorter side. I mean, I always have like Pie Cross that I just dick around with on the Switch. Mm -hmm. But um, I wanted something with a story, and I wanted something that wasn't going to be 40 hours long. Um, mm -hmm. And this, this fits the bill perfect. Plus, it, it ends up being fun, and the, the combat is, is yep. really satisfying. So I was like, perfect. Yeah, the, that was a, the gunk was kind of that way for me when I played yeah. it. I just needed something because I was, you know, the season was winding down in Destiny, but I wanted something to play, and I ended up really enjoying that one. Yeah. Oh, and I did start and finish uh, As Dusk Falls, so thank you for your recommendation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not going to get into it. Basically, I feel exactly the way that you did. Um, so. I wouldn't have played it if you hadn't told me about it. So it was fun to uh, 
to talk about our, the different choices we made. And how yeah. Now though. Yeah. There were yeah. some interesting differences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would be a, that would definitely be a fun game if you had like a Twitch stream that actually had like a lot of people yeah. and you could like get well, people involved. Especially since like you could have people log it, log into the lobby on their phones and play right. with you. Like that. Right. I don't know exactly how that works, but it'd be fun to do on Twitch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so, uh, but then, yeah, so next show we'll have, um, a number of other movies to talk about, obviously the new season of destiny arc 3.0, uh, looking yep. forward to, to, to getting into that. And then I will have, um, the new saints row, um, and, uh, have some, some time under my belt to kind of talk about this, this fresh faced group of youngsters. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm just, I've been, I, I have specifically not read a lot about Saints Row, so I'd be very curious to see what a 2022 Saints Row game looks like. Yeah. Uh, for better or for worse. Um, just curious to see kind of where, what sorts of jokes they make, and if they still stick with the. Obviously not the first one, which is trying very hard to be a San Andreas clone. Uh, mm. But from kind of two, really three onward, that that kind of bigger than life, irreverent, beat you down with a giant purple dildo mentality yeah, uh, to right. see kind of how much of that. <laughs> and I'm not saying they have to keep that, just where, just that that was so much of a, that sense of humor and whatnot is baked so much into the last three games of that series yeah. to see where how they decide to where they decide to go uh with it so we shall see um yeah so hopefully you'll be here with us as we talk about all this fun stuff um and uh it's been episode 154 Divided by Werewolves. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We look forward to spending some more time with you in the next two weeks. For myself and Mitch, thank you again. Good night and have a good evening. Mm-hmm.